Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Thank you for joining us for another episode, a live episode of Dynasty Theory. I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And of course, I am joined by Dan LaMagna. That is at FF Coach Dan. And Dan, I'm sure you're going to tell us anyway, but please fill us in on your fantastic weekend, especially as a Cowboys fan. Man, sometimes right place, right time. You know, I've been excited to tell this story tonight. So took the family to Dallas, Texas. I was there for some charity work with the Pancreatic Cancer Network. And then we got a tour of the Cowboys facilities. And on our final night Sunday... We're driving home after the star at Frisco and then all you could eat ribs at uh, this cow town. You know, I'm getting living the Texas life, <laughs> driving back to my aunt and uncle's house. And I just hop on Twitter and there's Des Bryant posting. He's going to be at 24 hour fitness in South South Lake. So I asked my family, I'm like, where is this? And they're go- they said, it's just a few minutes from where we were just at. So I knew it was 20 minutes from my family's house. And uh, he's supposed to have a special guest there. And I'm thinking, you know, do I leave my family? You know, what's the odds I really meet Des? So we get back to the family's house. He tweets again. He goes, be there eight o'clock. Going to have two special guests now. So now it's in my head. And, you know, my aunt's like, take the van, go, go, go check it out. My uncle's like, yeah, how could you miss that? I knew the kids were going to sleep. So I take the ride. I get there, a bunch of kids, they're selling. Some of them had pictures and stuff. I asked the kid if I could buy one of Des knowing he's you know, supposed to be here. So he sells me a picture for 20 bucks. I got a beautiful picture I'll show you in a little bit. And next thing you know, it's about 8.30 after about 40 minutes of wait, and he finally rolls up in a Bentley, parks in front of the gym, comes out. He goes, guys, we'll do all this later, referring to the autographs. He goes, come on in, we're balling, we're balling. So I go in there. I didn't know if I was going to have to buy you know, a, a gym membership or a week pass or whatever it took, but everybody just follows Des. Gym people don't care. I go right to the gym. When you walk in there, there was like a little, like a race board calendar. And I guess you could sign your team if you were going to play. So, you know, I, I don't know anybody there. I'm hanging outside with these 20, 21 year old kids. And I says, Hey, you, you need a player. And they said, sure. So I end up Dan, get to it. Come on with them. Hey, I got to build up the anticipation here. <laughs> Next thing, you know, Leonard Fournette and McCall Hardman walk in the gym shortly after behind Des. they end up playing. They win their first two games, and then they play our team. Yes, I covered Des Bryant. Yes, I scored two buckets, and I did not pull a hamstring on this night, although we did lose 7-11. to 11. But after that, I did end up you know, walking out of there with the Des Bryant to Dan, uh, you know, throw up the X picture there. It had my, uh, you know, what, 15 minutes of fame, whatever you want to call it. But for the rest of my life, I could say I balled with Des, Lenny, and uh, McCall Hardman. How giddy were you the whole time? Like, I'm just picturing you like. It would probably be accurate because he had this guy with him, like his entourage there, who's kind of running everything. And I got yelled at for taking a video at first or pictures without permission. And then, you know, I explained I was from, you know, from Pennsylvania. And then at first, like he was signing for the kids, but he wasn't signing for everybody. And then you pushed the kids out of the way. <laughs> yeah, he tackled the kids. I didn't have to go that far. I did, I would, you know, if I had to, but I, I pulled out the old man cave picture and I showed his 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 guy with him there the picture of the man cave, so he knew I wasn't like some memorabilia guy. And I says, you know, I need this for the man cave. Des was looking over his shoulder, and then he signed for me. And 
I live happily ever after. That's awesome. And it's a story that you're going to have forever. And you being the diehard Cowboys fan, of course, you're going to throw them into this episode. And I'm sure when we get to him, Shane's going to have an issue with that. But before he yells at you, uh, we are also joined by Mitch Sorensen. That's at DinoMC on Twitter. Mitch, I'm assuming you didn't have as an exciting of a weekend as Dan had. No, but my house finally closed. So I'm all done with that headache. And so it's finally closed. So it's great news right now. That is awesome. So just in time for free agency. And that's really what the the premise of tonight's show is all about. And before we get into it, Mitch, throughout the offseason so far, we've been in startups. We obviously have existing leagues. Have you done anything without naming specific players to really focus on free agency and try to get ahead of any changing values? Yeah, it's something that we mentioned last week and the week before. But I went out. I did my tears immediately after the season ended. And I went out and updated them because what I was noticing is a lot of people People were still using the same rankings that they were using the previous September and they weren't adjusting them at all. The rookies weren't included. And I think it's still the case today, as we've seen in some of our startups, that they're just using old rankings when you should be out and have your own rankings at this point, especially because it's almost April. No, absolutely. Especially when you do tier rankings, well, any rankings, you have to constantly adjust. If you're sitting there looking at things from September, it's completely outdated. It's like if you would go to your local convenience store, buy a fantasy football magazine and expect that to be even remotely relevant. So getting in touch with the changing values, it's definitely something you should be doing when you're playing Dynasty. And we are joined tonight by the man, the myth, the legend, Shane Manila from Dynasty Trades HQ, and he's also a contributor for Fantasy Pros. If you're living under a rock and you don't follow him on Twitter, it is at Shane is the worst. And that that uh, handle always makes me chuckle a little bit, Shane. But welcome to the show. We are so excited to have you on with us tonight. Well, uh, thank you for having me on. Um, I, I try to live up to that handle. Um, I kick a lot of puppies. <laughs> I see babies. I shove them when no one's looking. I like that you and Leonard Fournette are like, it's your buddy now. It's Lenny. It's Lenny. He Not goes by Lenny. He, he owes me money that from a couple years ago in DFS, Shane, when he got kicked out of the Bills game. So okay. I could call him Lenny. I got you. Yeah, 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 definitely. They're best buds. They go way back all the way to Monday. So. Right, right. All right. So, Shane, before we really get into the meat of the show, how did you get involved as a fantasy contributor? So, obviously, you're a co-host of Dynasty Trades HQ. You, you're involved with Fantasy Pros. What led you down that path? Oh, it was it was a hard journey. Uh, many years ago, I was no about uh, I want to say four years ago, roughly maybe three years ago, four years ago. I'm terrible with time. Anyway, about four years ago, you know, I'm playing on my phone while I'm driving, and I see a tweet um, like, "Hey, do you want to write about fantasy football?" And I'm like, "I could do that because I've read other people's stuff, and I, you know, it's okay. It's it doesn't seem that difficult to me. I could do that." So basically, just responded, started writing very badly I, I read the stuff that i, I wrote uh, you know my first articles now and it, it's depressing it's depressing that i put that in the, the public sphere where people could pull them out and make fun of me but luckily you know i kept writing got a little better at it now i, I think i'm pretty decent uh writer now just kept grinding away you know started doing rankings constantly on twitter harassing people and just interacting and interjecting in conversations that had nothing to do with me and uh, eventually i was made a, a part owner of dynasty football factory which is you know that's where i started writing and started doing the dynasty trades hq podcast 
I just had to step away from Dynasty Football Factory a couple months back and, you know, because of some life stuff. And now I'm just all about doing the podcast and uh, having a lot of free time and, you know, right when I can, whenever I feel like I don't feel obligated to do it now. But I'm starting to miss it a little bit. I have to be honest with you. What drew you to Dynasty in the first place? You know, I played redraft for years. I'm I'm old. Um, and I've said this before. I think I'm 41. I, that sounds about right. And I played redraft from the time I was about, I don't know, 15 years old. But redraft, it, it always felt like a date that ended without sex. Like, I knew there was more there. You know what I mean? Even if I didn't know what it was at first, you know. So 20 years ago, I didn't know what dynasty football was. I don't even know if those leagues existed. But, you know, after every redraft season, just like a date without sex, like I should be doing more. Something more should come of this. So... <laughs> You know, I, I ended up actually stopped playing fantasy football probably 10 years ago because I was like, you know, this doesn't really pop for me anymore. Whatever you win and then you go away. And then I don't know, man, I just someone told me about Dynasty Leagues and I said, you know, that sounds like the Madden franchise mode. That is amazing. I want to do that. And uh, I joined one league in I think the first league I joined was probably one of Ryan McDowell's hyperactive leagues. And then I immediately joined uh, like 15 other leagues because I was like, this drafting thing is really fun. And I get to keep these guys forever. Little did I know at the time that I would immediately trade everyone in sight and continue that trend throughout my career. Just everything about it, you know, it's forever. If you really want it to be, it's it's year to, you know, year to year. You're, you're thinking two years ahead, just like you do like a real football team. It's, it's so much better than redraft. Redraft, like I said, you play and then you're done. I think the skill level, you know, that you definitely need skill to play redraft. It's just a different type of skill and you need to be able to look to the future. And it's just there's more strategy involved and there, there's more nuance to it. I still take part in redraft. I, I enjoy it. But Dynasty, there's just so many elements to it and so many nuances and the changing values and especially with Superflex, and if you incorporate tight end premium everybody could go into a draft with a completely different strategy whereas redraft it's like okay here's your top 36 and you're going to be pretty close from league to league but yeah dynasty it's a completely different beast free agency it starts next week it's one of the big items here in the off season for the dynasty players and the first topic that i want to hit on and shane you're our guest of honor we're going to start with you I'm sorry, I actually have to cut in. So it's a it's my 11 year old son's birthday today. Oh, um, happy birthday to him! He demands uh, birthday wishes from you three and anyone listening. All right, well, well, you have my birthday wishes. Happy birthday! All right, so I'm going to have to let the kid listen to the podcast now. It's Chase. His name is Chase. Happy birthday, Chase! Happy birthday, Chase! Chase Thanks. is on the case, man. Happy birthday! So and if, if anybody else has any birthdays they want to shout out, we'll give it, you know, just make sure you give us that extra download. So I can say this because, um, you know, I made him. So he's Jewish and um, he has no athletic aptitude whatsoever, but he is definitely going to be an agent one day. Um, so that's pretty awesome. So let's is get he, into Is he playing in Dynasty Leagues yet? Not yet. Because, um, again, he doesn't like to watch football. So that's the one thing. I don't know how I'm going to get him to be an agent if he doesn't want to watch, but... I, I'll explain it to him. Hopefully by the time he's like 18 or 19 and he's heading off to college, he'll understand that, you know, that he has to watch the game too, to be an agent. I'm having those troubles with my nine-year-old Shane. So when you have a breakthrough, please keep in touch. I got bad news for everybody. It's not coming. Yeah. My eight-year-old's <laughs> the exact same way. <laughs> <laughs> Might right. play Fortnite than watch football. 
Well, no, that's awesome. It's good to know that I'm not the only failure as a father. That is, that is great. <laughs> you guys got to figure it out, and you can start like a second generation dynasty fiends league. There you go. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. I'm a. Anyway, let me. I'm sorry. So I co-opted your show so we could wish my son a happy birthday. So anyway, no, absolutely, absolutely. No, no, you're good. So, and I'm sure your son Chase. I'm sure he's excited for free agency, and it, it's right around the corner. And let's start with you, Shane. Let's talk about a few guys that are upcoming free agents that you believe are going to see the biggest rise in dynasty value. All right. So I'm not very original. So I'm sure a bunch of people have already named these guys, but uh, I'm going to go with uh, Roby Anderson as Etan Mosia likes to call him Roby, but his name is Robbie. I looked at his uh, ADP on DLF for February. It's 106 overall. It's hard to f- imagine a scenario where he doesn't end up in a better situation. There's not many worse coaches, offensive minds than Adam Gase. Uh, sorry, I had to move the mic so that my face isn't covered by the tattoo. That is the only reason people are <laughs> tuning in right now is to see your face. So get get out from behind the logo. Look, uh, the women are going to start flocking to this show. You know it's going to happen. There's going to be two of them that probably find it by accident <laughs> and go, what is wrong with that man's face? Good Lord. They said he was good looking. Anyway. Um, they, they already left the chat. Yeah, yeah. No, they immediately <laughs> like, this isn't erotica. This is the opposite. Opposite of erotica, whatever that word would be, non-erotica. So Robbie, Robbie Anderson, I can't imagine a situation that would be worse than what he 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 saw last year. You know, your your starting quarterback has a kissing disease for however long he had that. Adam Gase is your head coach. The offensive line wasn't very great. The wide receivers on the team, um, other than him, really, there's no reason to pay attention to him. Like if. You know, the Jets want to throw it 15 times a game to Jamison Crowder for 36 yards. I'm sure defense is fine with that. So, hey, hey, Ray. Wait, I meant to click this comment here. (laughs) (laughs) So somebody says in the chat, I love how Shane leans into the mic like it's a Senate hearing. Well, Shane has the floor still. I'm just saying, look, when you've been to court enough times, you know, (laughs) you want to make sure that the judge or whoever hears you clearly. Okay. But yeah, Robbie Anderson, I think, like I said, he's got a 106 ADP right now. He, say he signs with the Eagles, that's going to soar up because, you know, he's that missing piece that the Eagles need. He, he fits perfectly. Indianapolis, it's just anywhere, really. There's not many situations I could think of where it'd be a downturn for him other than like Tampa Bay. No, there there are a lot of good landing spots you see for wide receivers. Green Bay, I think if he went to New Orleans, people would be excited about that, even though we're not sure what's going to happen with Drew Brees beyond 2020. But yeah, wide receiver 52, according to DLF ADP, you can get him for nothing in startups. And, you know, you talk about all these different metrics and statistics for wide receivers. Air yards is a big one. And Robbie Anderson, he's always at the top of the list. So I don't think that changes if he goes to a new situation. I love Sam Darnold and Mitch. We just had a conversation about Sam Darnold in a group chat earlier tonight, but based on last year, Robbie Anderson was in a terrible situation for his skill set to succeed. So I think Shane, just like you said, anywhere he goes, he's going to be a prime candidate to see an increase in dynasty value. And I think I hate to say it, Dan, cover your ears, but Shane, your Eagles, it's probably the premier spot for Robbie Anderson or any other deep threat. I like Carson Wentz a lot from a real life and fantasy perspective. So Robbie Anderson to the Eagles, 
I am so happy I have several shares. Now, Dan, I want your thoughts because let, let, let's forget about the Eagles for a second. Robbie Anderson is a player. I know you're all about dysfunction and you want him away from Adam Gase and the Jets. Do you also think wherever he goes, he's going to see in spike in value in Dynasty? Yeah, man. Shane, Shane was reading my mind with the anti-Adam Gase sentiment. You know, you've heard me in past episodes just bash the Jets. And I could definitely put my bias aside on the Eagles. I mean, that, that's a little side conversation Shane and I will probably have later. But, you know, love Wentz. You know, I love what the Eagles have done in, you know, in recent years with that offense. And Robbie Anderson's a hot commodity, probably one of the few hot commodities at the skill positions uh, on offense this offseason. So it's a lot better than breakout rages comment there, uh, wishing uh, Chase and Amari Cooper to the Eagles. That that hurts right here. There's nowhere to go but up. Get him out of the Jets, please. And Mitch, I think you have to agree here as well. I know you were also on the Robbie train with me heading into 19, but I think that was because of the Sam Darnold love that we share. But again, based on what we saw last year, you have to like – Robbie Anderson's prospects moving forward anywhere else. Yeah, his value is definitely going to go up. But as far as having him on my team, I'm going to have very few shares of him, just like I have of Brandon Cooks and anyone else, Deshaun Jackson, back when he was playing a lot. Just that prototype of a player. I end up not having him a lot on my teams just because of the boomer bust aspect of it. John makes fun of me all the time. But I always end up with 15 slot wide receivers and no really good ones on my team. But that's just a failure that I have when it comes to building my dynasty teams. But that's okay. We're, we're not going to slot shame you here. Isn't Robbie Anderson the one guy with breakout potential of this free agent class? Well, you know, no, because there's another guy that I love. But real quick, yeah, Robbie Anderson was 18th in air yards last year. Just jumped on Josh Hirschmeyer's uh, airyards.com. I believe that's what it is. Whatever. Everyone knows what it is. Just that's type a fantastic in yards. website, by the way. Oh, yeah, I love it. It's definitely, uh, I got to be honest with you, it, w- websites that I love that are free, um, that <clears throat> pro football reference, um, sports reference, because it's just like, you know, you jump on there and you can get lost for days like, oh, well, what's over here? It's such a great database. And uh, what is it, Mitch? Sharp football stats? Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're sharp football stats and like sharp football analysis. I think there's two different ones now. I use the sharp football stats and it's fantastic because you can see the different efficiencies and effective ratings and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, Robbie Anderson, I uh, now Mitch, let me ask you, because you said Mm -hmm. that he's a guy that you're not going to have on many teams. If he moves to a good situation or any other situation, basically, which is going to be better than the Jets, is that where you're going to be looking to sell? It's not even that I'm going to sell him because I don't have any shares of him is the problem. And so I'm not going to buy him at the elevated price. It's just, I end up, having the Jamison Crowders and Julian Edelman's instead of the Robbie Anderson type. Okay, fair enough. And then we have one more guy. Shane, take it away here. And, yeah, and you're digging even deeper here for this guy. Yeah, so it's Bashard Perryman, man. And I've actually I, – I wrote an article about him like – I don't know, four years ago, whenever, you know, going into his second season that he played. um, And I just saw a breakout coming. I I was wrong, uh, very wrong at the time. Um, But he's a guy, he's another guy that if the Eagles don't want to spend the amount of money that it's going to take to get Robbie Anderson, which is apparently $15 million a year, that's fine. Uh, Give Brashard Perryman $22 million over three years. Um, We saw what he could do last year is the number two option. 
and as the number one option um, during the final four weeks of the season. Um, he bought out. He uh, averaged 20.3 fantasy points a game from weeks 13 to 16, that, that beautiful playoff run. Um, and he scored at least 13.7 points every week. He had that one monster week where he had 37 points, but he's just he's a speed sized freak he battled injuries for a long time um and he's kind of bounced around now but assuming the guy can stay healthy and find a, a stable situation like the eagles for three years and 22 million or 20 you just want everybody to go to the eagles here look i just want one free agent right one either robbie anderson or Bashar perryman and then just like justin jefferson or t higgins yep. or cd lamb out of the draft. I'm not greedy. That's know? it. That's it. And the, the beautiful thing about the Eagles is, is, you know, people will say, oh, well, they, they still have Alshon Jeffrey and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. And, um, yeah, that's about it, actually. And Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson hasn't been healthy for since the Reagan administration. Alshon Jeffrey, <laughs> the Eagles might actually just eat a $25 million cap hit just to move him because he's a cancer as well as being washed. And uh, nothing I saw from J.J. Arcega-Whiteside last year makes me think that the guy's ever going to be anything more than a role player. So the Eagles could take on two guys. But, yeah, if, if they can't get Robbie Anderson, which I'd understand at $15 million a year, uh, give me some Burchard Perryman, and he's another guy. There's multiple places. Again, Green Bay, like you mentioned, if they can't, if they don't want to spend $15 million on Robbie Anderson, Robbie Anderson, then, you know, spend some money on uh, Burchard Perryman and uh, let him do some damage and – you know, it would be nice with uh, Devontae Adams eating up all the, the, the hard coverage and Bashar Perriman just blowing it up over the top. So I have two things. One, we talk about these guys that are free agents, and if they move and they go to a situation like Philadelphia, Green Bay, maybe New Orleans, like I mentioned, we expect their value to rise. So we want to get in now before we see that spike in value. Are you guys seeing it where – People are very reluctant right now to move anybody that's a free agent because they automatically think, oh, my guy, he's on my team. He's going to move to a better situation. I'm going to see that spike in value because that's what I'm seeing personally. I don't think you're getting a bargain, but I mean, if you really believe and want Robbie Anderson, you know, I think you could probably give up some of that new draft capital as the league's rolled over and, and get him. I think it's a matter of if you believe in him. You know, like, I think Mitch makes a point. He's not going to overpay to get a Robbie Anderson. But, you know, Brashad Perryman, you know, I like that Shane brought him up. And, you know, Shane, I know you said before, you know, you had another receiver. I just think the audience will probably be split on Perryman. I, I do agree with you. You know, he broke out Baker Mayfield two seasons ago. He showed, he flashed at the end of the year. And then he just did it again when he had the opportunity last year. You know, I think unfortunate for him, he was buried behind Godwin Evans. You know, even though O.J. Howard didn't produce, he, he got a lot of snaps. So there's not enough balls to go around. But his landing spot is very interesting. I really hope he goes to a team that believes in him and is, wants to utilize him. And he, he could break out. Shane, because you brought these two guys up, I'm going to direct this to you. Do you think there's the possibility that as dynasty players, we're going to fall into the trap and we do it time and time again? I think a lot of us did it with J.J. Arcega-Whiteside last year. He got into a good situation. His value went up a little bit and he didn't meet the expectations. Do you think that that could happen with a lot of these free agents and not necessarily pointing to the Eagles, but just any team? We you they go to a situation we think oh my goodness they're going to produce their value is going to spike i'm going to pay a premium 
do you think we're going to fall into that trap? And I, I feel like to an extent we do it every year. Yeah, we're definitely going to fall into that trap. And it's funny, you know, I, I just happened to be uh, reading ESPN online and I shared it with you guys. The worst signings, the best and worst signings throughout the last five years, five off seasons. And it's littered with guys that we swore up and down. We're just going to uh, Ladarius Green. He was going to be the next superstar at tight end. Kenny Britt, who feels like it was 10,000 years ago, just in 2017, he got five years and 32 million. And, you know, he was going to be the number one in Cleveland and he died. Um, not literally. Um, Terrell Pryor, I, I don't even know. He's out of football at this point, right? Uh, he just got stabbed here over during the season, actually, in Pittsburgh by his girlfriend. He got stabbed. I, that wasn't the first. Was that the first time he's been stabbed? I feel like he's been stabbed before. I don't know if he has, but it was it was big news here in Pittsburgh. I mean, just I know a lot of his teammates did not like him. So it makes sense if he was stabbed before. Anyway, Adam Humphreys from last year um, got a big contract. And I don't know if he had more than 30 receptions. And I'll tell you what, I'm not looking it up because I don't care. Adam Humphreys had about six points a game last year. We, we were talking about trial. Terrell Williams. Um, he's going to go to Oakland. You know, he's going to he's going to be that deep threat uh, to on the other side of AB. He's going to have a great year. Oh, what? Guess what? AB's gone. He's going to be that number one wide receiver there. Well, Darren Waller ended up actually being the number one wide receiver there, especially a wide receiver. We're going to overvalue them and they're going to underperform. Um, it's just what happens. It's not as simple as plugging better player on a better offense and everything being better. Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. last year, you know, before the season, you would go, well, that's amazing. Odell Beckham Jr. is probably going to have 1,800 receiving yards. Look what he did with Eli. Well, look what he did with Baker. So they're, it, it's going to happen. So if you see a spike in value and Robbie, Robbie Anderson, sell him. If you can get a first for Robbie Anderson after he signs with whoever he signs with, sell him. Um, you'll be able to buy him back for a second if you really want him later in the year. Prashad Perryman, you could probably get him for a third right now when he signs with that that perfect perfect destination. Sell him for a second, buy him back for a third again. You know, the end of the year because they'll probably perform better in year two, but not in year one. It's so difficult for these wide receivers, especially, to go to a new team, a new situation, new playbook, and really be productive in year one. Dan, you have a guy that you want to talk about, and I had to nix your first guy because we're talking about upcoming free agents that we believe are going to see a spike in dynasty value. And, of course, you had to be partial. You said, oh, I'm going to talk about Dak. Dak's like <laughs> quarterback five. He's not going up at all. So who is your second choice? And to our listeners, no surprise, it's a Dallas Cowboy. All right, well, going back to our free agent conversation of outside of the quarterback quarterback market, which we're really intrigued about, there's not a lot there. It is thin. You know, I, I think, you know, Shane's already, um, he, he's, he's shot his load. So, so at, 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 why, why not? You know, <laughs> at, at, after, after Robbie Anderson and Brashad Perryman, I mean, we're deep diving, especially after Brashad Perryman. So, I had to dig deep here, and yes, I'm just coming back from Dallas. I was on the high. You talked me off the mountain of Dak Prescott, which I just like kind of ribbing that one because everyone bashes them, but then they always draft them before you could get them, and I think his stock's going to continue to rise as I see finally a coach that may be competent. And the offense was decent. You know, they made strides last year under Kellen Moore, but picture an offense of 
Cooper, he's coming back, Shane. Gallup, potentially Cobb. If not, they lose Cobb and they resign another slot receiver. And then, you know, you have Zeke still in the backfield. But the hidden hero of all this in free agency, I think, is the re-signing of Blake Jarwin. Because I get this feeling that Jason Witten's not coming back as much as that breaks my heart. In the Cowboys locker room this weekend, his nameplate's not there as he was contemplating retirement. I'm not getting that warm and fuzzy feeling. And when you look at Blake Jarwin, if Witten's gone, that's 63 catches that he had in his last two seasons playing. I know the year he was retired for some odd reason, Jason Garrett wanted to split time with Jeff Swaim. It's Jarwin's show right now. If you watch those guys, his athleticism pops off the chart. And I look at Blake Jarwin the same way I do as Brashard Perryman, and he just needs an opportunity. For some reason, it'd be third and long. And Jason Witten, who couldn't get any yards after the catch as much as I love him, was on the field and not Blake Jarwin. His blocking went up. You look at pro football focus, his blocking grade went up last year. I think he could stay on the field and block and then could be an outstanding tight end in fantasy football, you know? So that's my guy there in a thin free agent class. I think you could get Blake Jarwin really cheap and be surprised with a starting tight end who's going to get extra yards after the catch, his receptions, his touchdowns, all his stats should go up. I like Blake Jarwin a lot. And the startups that I've taken part in, I've targeted him, whether it's tight end premium, start two tight ends, whatever the situation is. But Mitch, I'm going to throw this question over to you because you've been quiet for a little bit over there, just gazing off into the sunset. There are so few holes, especially offensively, that the Cowboys have to fill. I am a little bit worried that the Cowboys do target a tight end. And I know we're not thrilled about this tight end class. It doesn't have the standouts like Hawkins and Van Ingram that we've seen. But are you concerned at all that maybe they bring a tight end in? And if it's for certain that Witten is not coming back, maybe it's time to sell Jarwin prior to the NFL draft. What are your thoughts on that? My biggest worry with Jarwin's, honestly, I think Witten's coming back. But the Cowboys are really going to be close to, depending on how this collective bargaining agreement goes, of being really against the cap for the next few years. Because if they resign Cooper, like Dan thinks, they get Dak, they get Jones on the defense, and I think they have a lineman coming up too. Is it Lionel Collins? Is that the next guy up? I can't remember, but they have one more offensive lineman ready to go. But they're going to be so close to the cap that I don't think they could bring in a Hunter Henry or Austin Hooper at 10 million a year. I just don't think there's any way that they're going to be able to afford to do it. And so I love Jarwin going forward, but I really do think Witten's going to come back for one year. He's going to do another Larry Fitzgerald, and he's yeah. just going to keep playing one year and then another year and then another year. I, mean, I would be mid- shocked if Witten came back this year. I mean, in the middle of that, if he does come back, I think he does come back, but he's used different because McCarthy wants to, you know, get this team over the hump and win football games in the playoffs. And Jarwin's on the field at third down when it counts. So I, I don't think Witten gets all those snaps he did in years past. And I think you'll still see a spike in Jarwin. Now, if Witten does come back, it does eat into it a little bit. So there's a little bit less luster on this take. So we have to see. But Mitch makes good points with free agency. You know, Dallas does have some salary cap challenges. They're not going to be able to afford an Austin Hooper or Hunter Henry or any of those guys. I don't even think they bring Byron Jones back. I think they get a corner in the draft possibly with pick 17 or trade up a little bit, depending what they want to do. They're looking to sign Robert Quinn, too. They consider him a high priority. So there is only so much money to go around. But if they do draft a tight end, no matter who it is, and I know we're not thrilled about this class, but let's say they go after a Troutman or a Hopkins or whoever, that's going to cut into Jarwin's, not just his value, but his production. Do You don't think so? We talked about the tight end class last show. It stinks. And I think if they do, that tight end is going to take time to develop, and it's only going to be depth. They have Dalton Schultz on the roster, who's a blocking tight end. So they still have another blocking tight end for situational football. And I think whoever they do sign would just be a depth piece and not 
a target, a receiving option. In the fantasy football world, Jarwin's your guy. In real life football, they might bring someone in to help them and get depth, but I'm not really worried about competition other than how much Witten would factor in. Shane, what are your thoughts? Because you look like you're ready to jump through the screen right now. No, I'm just I'm just looking at their cap space, and I'm you know I'm on Spotrack. If that's how you pronounce it, if it's not, someone correct me. Fun fact about I, that: I always said Spot Track. Spot Track. There's only one that? T, so I don't know. I, for no particular reason, I always added an R and made it Sport Track. And uh, Google would continually go, "Did you mean?" And I'd be like, "No, I know what I meant, but I was wrong." Anyway, so they have seventy-three million dollars in cap space. So you look at it and you're like, "Holy shit, they're they're fine, they're fine." But yeah, then you know, like, oh wait, they have forty-seven free agents, including their starting quarterback, Amari Cooper, and uh, yeah, Jones, who's gone. So I don't I don't think they're dipping into the tight end market. And honestly, I don't even know what tight ends are out there this year. There's none that I like better than Jarwin, the tight end class is atrocious unless Chase Claypool decides to actually become a tight end, which he should with that speed. I heard Ryan McDowell say that today, and I was like, thank you on a Dynasty Blueprint, I think. I, I can't see them bringing in anyone. Jarwin looked so much better than Witten, and maybe was it was explosive. just... Yeah, he was explosive. Maybe it was just watching them on the same field. Like, as you'd see Witten, he gets passed, and, you know, it takes him an hour and a half to run two yards, and then you see Jarwin with a 40-yard reception, and they immediately take him off the field after that. But I love Jarwin. Yeah, He's another guy I'm definitely targeting. I'm not worried at all that they're going to, you know, that they're going to do anything to replace him. One thing I would be concerned about, though, is just the targets. Galp, you would assume in his third year, would see an increase if Cooper can actually remain healthy all year because he was battling injuries every game last season, apparently. It sounds like McCarthy knows that they should have, you know, they should target Zeke more than uh, Garrett did last year. You know, there's conservation of targets. At some point, you just run out of available targets unless your defense is an absolute sieve and or your quarterback throws 30 interceptions. And then that's the point where we bring Jameis Winston in and he cures everything except OJ Howard, apparently. So I have a few guys and I'm not going to go into detail here because, again, I have multiple guys listed. But these are guys that if they're signed by the right team in a certain situation, I am looking to sell immediately. And it starts at quarterback Philip Rivers, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill. Philip Rivers, and we're talking super flex here, one quarterback leagues. We don't really care about these guys too much. But Philip Rivers, if he gets picked up by the Colts, I am looking to sell him for anything I can get. I don't even think I could get a second right now for Philip Rivers in a super flex league. So he's a strong hold. But yeah, Teddy Bridgewater, it's it sounds like he might be looking to make a move here, especially Drew Brees coming back, them putting the first round tender on Taysom Hill. But you know, it, it, a lot of question marks there. And Ryan Tannehill, now it's like, okay, do the Titans, even though Tannehill had that terrific run, do they sign him long-term? I don't think they do. And then I have one tight end. I hated on him all last year, but Eric Ebron, he's coming at tight end 30, 30. If he signs into even a remotely decent situation, I'm looking to ship him off and I'll get anything I can take. So the the next topic I want to get into, guys. So we're talking about free agency and it's not just, it doesn't have just an impact on, the actual free agents, but it's the players that are returning to the teams where these free agents might go. So Mitch, let's start with you. Who's one player that's returning to their team that you think is going to see the biggest drop in value 
based on impending free agency. Well, since we've only talked about pretty much the Eagles and the Cowboys so far, we might as well bring the Lions into it as well, right? Yep. But I was actually going to bring up Marlon Mack before this, but then I started thinking about it a little bit more is on Johnson, I think, is in the exact same spot that Marlon Mack was last year. With on Johnson, he's only played... He played eight games last season, 10 games in his rookie year. And even when he's on the field and healthy, although he's looked good, he's only gotten at most 50% of the snaps. They never give him more than that. And right now they have on Johnson, Bo Scarborough is probably going to come back. Report coming out of Detroit right now is they're either going to draft someone or they're going to bring in someone like even LaShawn McCoy or just an older vet like that. Kenyon Drake came up recently. Yeah. Kenyon Drake too. I don't think they will just because of the cap space, but they they are going to bring someone else in. And right now his ADP is running back 23. And I think that might be the high point for him moving forward. His ceiling would be some miracle happens and he gets an Aaron Jones type of year to where Stafford stays healthy. He catches a whole bunch of touchdowns and he gets this boom season and you could sell him immediately after. But more than likely, what we're going to see is another Marlon Mack scenario to where he's a good running back when he plays and you want him in your lineup, but you can't get any value for him moving forward. I mean, we're in, I think, the 11th round of a startup right now and Marlon Mack's still sitting there. You just actually it's funny that you brought up Aaron Jones because I was going to make the comparison strictly because same division. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that two seasons in a row, he didn't finish the year. And that was one of the big things coming into 2019 that people knocked Aaron Jones for. I'm raising my hand right now because I was one of those people. And Aaron Jones ended up being a tremendous value, what running back two for the season. Mm -hmm. But carry on Johnson. Yeah. So you clearly see him as a sell before free agency in the NFL draft. I do. I think Aaron Jones is the outlier here. And I think there's probably 10 other guys we could point to that they never reached that ceiling and they only drop from here on out. Just in terms of picks, because like we all know that Carrion Johnson, he's not getting a lot of value in return in trades. What would you get? What would you be looking to move him for in terms of 2020 picks? If I got an early second, I'd be really happy because you're still getting the pretty prime wide receivers in that area. And later than that, I'd probably just hold. But if I get an early second, I'd sell him in a heartbeat. Dan, Shane, what are your thoughts here on Carrion Johnson heading into free agency? Oh, okay. Well, see, I'm not used to being polite, so this is all very weird for me. Usually, I just cut <laughs> people off. Even from a Cowboys here. fan. Yeah, and it's odd. It's very strange. But um, I gotta. I don't like carry on, but I want a first for him. You know, after his injury last year, I, I said, all right, I'm done with this guy. Like, it's just because his, his injury history is extensive. It goes back to high school, like not just college. Um, you know, I was looking into it last year. He literally had injuries through high school. Like, I just, no, I don't want to deal with you anymore. Um, but like, Mitch said, you know, Aaron, Aaron Jones was the outlier. And also there was flashes from Aaron Jones where you saw, okay, if this guy gets a lot of touches, he's going to be special. I, you know, carry on. He has had a player here, here or there where you're like, oh, well, this guy can really be, spe-, you know, where he could be special. Aaron Jones was just more consistent with it, but I'd still want a first form and I'd probably hold and hope that he can stay healthy for four or five games to start next year and then sell high on him. But there, if you're the, if you're the Lions, you have to bring someone in, right? You saw what happened last year with Ty Johnson and Paul uh, McKissick, uh, whatever, J.D. McKissick and 
uh, guys off the street. I don't even remember. Uh, <laughs> there was like 15 Bo Scarborough and uh, you know what I mean? Like you can't be, there's no way you can win in the NFL. Just look, I know running backs don't matter, but when you're getting guys off literally off the street, then, then you got to do better. And what are your thoughts? I agree with Juan at first for him, just based on upside. You know, he looks good when healthy as, as Mitch says, I think in a, a dynasty, Mitch and I are in together. We just saw the carry on Johnson in the late first go for 1.02. Did not agree with that trade at all, uh, but I would want to get a first for him. And it, I hate to say it, but both Scarborough kind of looked decent last year. And I think he is in the Lions plans in some capacity. So to I think me, that's it, a very limited capacity. It takes a little no, off carry on a little though. That's bad planning. You know, like if you're going into a season and you're like, look, look, guys, I know Carrion gets hurt a lot, <laughs> but we got Bo Scarborough right behind him. Perfect. Although Matt Patricia isn't a very good head coach, and I'm assuming he's in charge of personnel. So maybe he, he does think that's a good plan. It seems like the plan from what we're reading. So it's there's upside there, JB. I agree you have to get a first for him, but I'd be happy to trade him. Yeah, Mitch, you broke my heart with the Marlon Mack, man. He's another one. I mean, I, I don't. I should look at the sheet to see if one of you guys were going to name him. But yeah, if they add anyone of consequence there, it's just going to kill his value because they just refuse to use him in the passing attack. Like they just are adamantly like so against it, even though he actually could catch a little bit in college. Like that was one of the things that, you know, was an allure to him when he was a uh, um uh, sleeper pick in his rookie drafts was the guy he wasn't out there you know spread out wide, split out wide but he was good enough that he could play all three downs and Indianapolis is like no we have Naheem Hines we don't need to put Marlon back on the field isn't it so weird how coaches will do that because you look at Josh Jacobs him coming out last year his biggest thing was his pass catching ability he could block and then he gets like 15 targets on the year it's absolutely crazy that coaches will be like, no, we got Jalen Richard. We don't want to put the really good rookie out there. We could pay Jalen Richard again. It just, it's incredible. It, it's, it's trying to be smarter than the room. That's all it is. And you know, the ego on these head coaches, and I understand you have to have a massive ego because you know, you are in charge of a pretty big program when you're a head coach and you've busted your ass to get there most of the time, unless you're a Shanahan or a, or a Scott Turner or whatever, um, you know, you, you got there because your daddy um, was a coach. But for the most part, a lot of these guys had to work their way up through like, you know, high school and wherever. So I understand the ego part, but sometimes just understand you don't have to outsmart people. Like just leave the best player on the field. Just do that. And that best player is probably Bo Scarborough. Um, <laughs> Shane, you have a few guys here. So, and I actually, I really like your list here, but these are guys that you see as having the biggest drop in value due to free agency. So run through your guys here. Yeah. So one thing I like, I, I, I like to do, and uh, I, don't, I probably stole this from someone because we've all stolen something from somebody, but looking at the archetype of players um, or the archetype. I don't know how to pronounce that word correctly, but I like to I, say you're with archetype archetype. Yeah. Cause that makes you sound smart, but then when you don't pronounce it correctly, you're like, Oh, any wide receivers that were the wide receiver ones on their team by default last year, guys like Terry McLaurin, even DJ Chark, who I really, really like. These guys aren't wide receiver ones. I don't think so, at least. I think, you know, they, they fell into a perfect opportunity. Good for them. They took advantage of it. But DJ Chark, you know, Day-Day Westbrook was hurt a lot last year. Chris Conley <clears throat> is a physical freak, but he's not consistent enough to, you know, to do a lot of damage every week. So DJ Chark, was, he just fell into a perfect spot where – 
he he saw the majority of the targets. Terry McLaurin, who was the second lead leading wide receiver on the Redskins? Does anyone have any idea? Was it Sims, Sims? at one point? Sure, sure. I'll just yeah. Okay. It could, it could be anybody. Yeah, is it Trey Quinn or did we give up on that dream? No, um, he missed a lot of time last year. Yeah, and then uh, who else was out there? Harmon, right? Harmon had a. He was a also run. injured. Yeah, yeah so. he got like at least three catches last year. So I mean, you know, and it's not to disparage those players. They did a great job in the situation they were given. You would hope those teams are looking to add legitimate wide receivers to the roster. And if they are, it's going to eat into their target share as it should. And they might even add guys that are going to overtake those two as the wide receiver ones on their rosters. I I like that. And it's like you said, it's guys that kind of fell into their wide receiver one role. So definitely be cautious. And with Terry McLaurin, I mean, even DJ Shark as well. There are questions at quarterback, even though I know Mitch and I, we really like Gardner Minshew, Dwayne Haskins. It's very iffy. But these are guys that while they were productive, given the opportunity, maybe they're going to have some rough times here in 2020. And then, Shane, you have a few other guys here. I like your comment here. David Johnson is dead. Oh, yeah. Poor David Johnson. He's dead (laughs) as AF. If Kenyon Drake resigns with the Cardinals, like he's just done. I I mean, he looked done last year. And okay, it was a back injury. Okay, has he had surgery yet on that back injury? Because I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I loved it. Not that love. Look, I don't want to question the toughness of a football player because honestly, they could chew me up and spit me out and probably deal with things that I would cry over. But when a guy or production problems are blamed on injury, I want to see surgery. You know, unless you're having surgery, then there was nothing wrong with you. Okay, your back hurt. And guess what? 28-year-old guys with back problems, they don't get better. Like, your back's not going to get better. So, you know, the only reason the Cardinals haven't cut him or won't cut him is because of the dead cap. So if Drake comes back there, he's just dead. And if he doesn't, even if he doesn't come back there, if Chase Edmonds is back there next year and healthy, I still think David Johnson is, is mostly, he'd be like zombified at that point. If Drake comes back, he's definitely a corpse. So. Just like you said about David Johnson, the only reason he's still there is because of the dead cap. They actually lose additional money on top of his contract this year if they cut him or trade him. So he's literally, he's showing up making X amount of millions. Why can't I fall into a situation like that? I could, I could say I have a bad back. I'll take I, that money. It's the, it, I think I could do that part. It's to get into that part that uh, producing and playing football and being a physical specimen um, in a good way. I've been called a physical specimen, but not in a good way. So, <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, I don't think any of us here are in position to get to that point. The bad backs may be. Yeah, but, Mitch maybe. Mitch could be a model. He's a good-looking guy. I don't know. Oh, don't please don't feed his ego. Come on. I'm just saying. He said he's married, right? Are you married, Mitch? <laughs> I am. Whatever. It doesn't matter. But I'm always me. available. You know. Oh, hey. His wife does his hair. Got to keep the options open. Uh, I like it. I like it. All right, Shane. You have one more situation oh. here, and it. Yeah, to put that cup of water down. Sorry. Or, uh, maybe it's water. I don't. I don't know. It's Jack here. and Coke. Um, okay. it's got my you, kids not listening at this point of the podcast anymore, so it's cool. Um, no, he got his birthday wish. He's been long gone yeah he he could care less he should be in sleep he's 11 years old come on that's ridiculous go to bed anywhere tom brady and or andy dalton land if you are an outside receiver a deep threat you're dead um i was looking up at the uh, looked up on the 
<clears throat> pro football reference, the intended air yards per target. And those guys are really two of the, the worst in the league out of the available free agent quarterbacks. Um, and real quick, when did pro football reference get all these stats? I didn't even realize they had intended air yards and stuff. Um, it's yeah, beautiful. for that, I use the airyards.com or um, NFL Next Gen Stats. I've never used pro football reference for air yards. Uh, I don't know. I just stumbled onto it last night or the night before, and it was incredible. But anyway, um, they're bad at deep throws. Now, you could say maybe, or, you know, their percentage was low and uh, <clears throat> just the intended air yards per target were low. And you could say, Tom Brady, it's because they didn't have any deep threats, right? They had Antonio Brown for one game. I think they had Josh Gordon at some point last year before he was suspended, before he was traded. Briefly, yeah. Yeah, their deep threat was Philip Dorsett. But you know what? Philip Dorsett is actually a good deep threat. Like, if you got a guy on your team that you want to throw the ball too deep, you got him. And uh, Andy Dalton did get a few games with John Ross in there last year. So you would think that his would have been higher, too. But, yeah, I'm just going to. Uh, besides the fact that they're they're both past their prime, like Tom Brady's washed. I, I don't. I know that everybody keeps telling us he's the goat, but you're not signing Tom Brady from ten years ago. You're signing Tom Brady today, who's forty two years old or whatever he is. Yeah, yeah. And I like Andy Dalton. I just don't think he's going to be um, a boon to any outside or deep threat receivers. So well, hopefully, hopefully him and, it's not going to be him and Robbie Anderson or him and Burchard Perriman package deal somewhere. I you stole the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, hopefully, wherever Robbie or Rashad Perryman go, Andy Dalton and Tom Brady do not follow. And of course, I have a few guys here to put my hat on. Now, these are guys that whether it's actual or just perceived value, I think they're going to lose value here in free agency. One's actual value, Jacoby Brissett, because all the talk about is, but if you're losing your job to Philip Rivers. You probably should have no value anyway. So sorry, Jacoby, but you're completely off my board. And then Derek Henry, I can't see the Titans signing him to the contract he wants. And with the usage he's had going into a new situation, most likely running back eight seems a little steep for me. And I think he's going to lose value. And we've already been seeing it in startups right now. He's slipping a little bit as this offseason has progressed, and we got a little further away from 2019. Now, these next two, they're based on narratives. If Jameis Winston leaves Tampa Bay, Mike Evans is worthless. That's what we're hearing, right? So I'm getting him wide receiver 10, wide receiver 11 in some startups because they think, well, the deep ball, the deep ball threat, Jameis Winston's going to be gone. I'm buying Mike Evans. If he's going to slip in value, I am buying him based on that narrative. And one last guy in Dan Covey Rears, if Amari Cooper does not go to Dallas, if he doesn't go back to Dallas and let's say Philadelphia as well, because I think that's a great landing spot for him. I do think he's going to lose perceived value. He's currently going wide receiver eight. I would be shocked to see him continue around that threshold. Any thoughts there before we move on to the next topic? And Dan, you look upset. Ah, uh, Ben. There's just there's a lot of ifs there for me. I think there's a lot of chess pieces that have to you know fall in place for us. You know, uh, I definitely see the points on Brady and Dalton, and, and we talk about Brady and a deep threat. But when he had Antonio Brown for one week, he put on a clinic. I mean, I don't even think they practiced together. He just kept throwing it up to him. They were scoring touchdowns. Is that the game against the Dolphins? It was. It was. Yeah. I'm just throwing facts out. But, I mean, you know, you give him a Antonio Brown type, you know, an A.J. Green type. I just give him some stud receiver, and I think he's just smart enough to put up some stats and overcome a little bit. Dalton, I definitely would think you need a little bit more help. 
So, so I, I think you have to see how that all plays out, JB. But it, I want to throw you one curveball myself that I would just love to see, and that's that's Taysom Hill. He goes back to the Saints. He just becomes another year older, and I would love to see someone with a Greg Roman-like mind be creative and take a chance on this kid and see what he could do and run a Ravens-type offense with Taysom Hill. And, boy, he'd be a fantasy gem. You know, every time we've seen him throw, I mean, he's got an arm. He could run. He could do some but things. All, all, all 20 pass attempts throughout his career? It's limited. It's a limited but you know, if you, if you go somewhere and you get some intel from a Saints coach that says, hey, this this kid could play, he could throw, take a chance at, on him versus going in the direction of all these recycled quarterbacks of Ryan Tannehill and, and you know, Winston and his 30 interceptions and a 40-some-year-old Phillip Rivers. Why not take a chance on a guy in his prime that is just an athletic freak and could do incredible things? So, again, just thinking outside the box instead of the cookie-cutter NFL way of, okay, we need to do this because this is the hot guy on the market. I'd love to see a team take a chance on a Taysom Hill. And I think Taysom Derrick Hills Henry is the 42. Titans. So two things real quick. You're gonna knock James. You're gonna knock Jameis Winston for his thirty interceptions. Those thirty interceptions are actually more pass attempts than we've seen Taysom Hill in his entire NFL career. So yeah, thirty interceptions not great, but I would like to see a little more from Taysom Hill. But the fact that they're putting a first round tender on him, and I don't know if that's actually come to fruition yet, but that's at least the conversations being had. He's not moving. Most likely not. And again, to my point, I would love to see an NFL team strap a set on and take a chance on the guy versus you're not going to win a game. You're not going to win a Super Bowl with 30 interceptions from Winston. Again, he had all the weapons in the world. You know, Tannehill, are you going to really invest in Tannehill? Are you going to invest in Andy Dalton, Phillip Rivers? They're the guys everyone's talking about. I like Taysom Hill. Well, they're yeah, all I, trash. I, I, I just shared yeah. a comment on the screen, and that's what everybody's thoughts are. Taysom Tebow. Possibly. Possibly. So let me ask you this, Dan. Tomorrow, um, Jerry comes out and he says, look, we've decided we're going to go forward with Taysom Hill because we like what we saw out of those 20 passes. You know, we appreciate what Dak has done for us, um, but we're going to move forward with Taysom Hill. How do you feel about that? Him leading your team. Terribly, because we have Dak Prescott, so there's no need to go in another direction. But if you're a team that doesn't have a good quarterback, and our and we our category right now is guys returning to their teams and losing value. Hill goes to the Saints. He's a gadget guy, and he's irrelevant for us, you know, other than a, a best ball league maybe, and he has those one or two breakout gadget weeks. So I'd like to see him go somewhere else and have some value versus Philip Rivers. I think his value is all imaginary, though. I mean, it honestly is. It's it's the most vapor of value that I've ever seen in my life, because the guy is a he's a trick. He's he he's an outlier. He had an outlier season where he scored some touchdowns. The, most of the next year, it's going to go back the other way. They're going to try to run him at the two, and he's going to get blasted back. And we're going to go, oh yeah, that that's why this. Or they're going to let him attempt the pass, and he's going to get picked off. And we're gonna go, oh, that's that's why he was the ninth string backup. <laughs> In my estimation, and definitely Dan, ta- could be right. And Dan, we're talking about guys that could lose value. Taysom Hill has no value in the dynasty community right now. Nobody's investing in him, paying a premium and saying, oh, this is the guy that's going to lead my dynasty team, whether it's one quarterback or super flex. It's not happening. So that's the reason I don't like Taysom Hill in this category, in this topic. But, you know, I, I've been knocking your guys. All it's night, a curveball, so. JB. It's a curveball. He looked good versus the Vikings in the postseason. The he, guys, does, he looked like the greatest tough. football player of all time in that game. I will give you that. Dan's going to point to one game and say this is why we need to give this guy the money. So if Dak Prescott doesn't sign with the Cowboys and Taysom Hill's there, Dan's going to be the first one buying his jersey, apparently. 
Hey, Breakout Rage has it right. I would be doing a jersey burning video of, uh, you know, Dacker Cooper leave. This, this would be very hard for me. Well, we'll broadcast that live on the air, or you could donate it to a charity, but I know you're clearly joking about the jersey burning. One last topic here. We want to talk about some rookie landing spots. Not so much specific players, but if a rookie gets drafted to a certain team, it's just disastrous. And we're going to lower them down our rankings and reevaluate their value. And Dan, let's start with you. What's the situation? I think you have a few here that comes to mind. Shane, I have a little different take than Mitch and John, which you could probably already tell. These guys have drafted in 8 million dynasty leagues, and I commend them for that. So I always take a little bit different of a coaching angle when I look at landing spots. And for me, I just have some teams that concern me, and and I'm going by track record and history. So if there's some rookies that we're – excited about i get concerned when they go to the Bengals. the Bengals have relied on the draft you know they don't sign much in free agency and they haven't drafted well in recent years so if one of these guys that were you know a little bit higher on but uncertain they go to the Bengals, i'm going to question that a little bit if they yeah, go to the re- let me ask you a question because you have your teams listed here and I'm going to jump in. So the Bengals, let's say AJ Green does go somewhere else, even though it sounds like he might be franchised or they might extend him, which uh, I don't know. That's a conversation for another day. Let's say AJ Green moves on and you're relegated to Auden Tate, Tyler Boyd, who I love, and John Ross, who can't stay healthy. Let's say they get a big time receiver and now you have Joe Burrow. You don't think there's some excitement surrounding that? There is. I'm just concerned they'll draft the wrong receiver. You know, we're talking about Ruggs or Rieger or Ruggs and C.D. Lamb or whoever they could get. If they were a team to get one of those big rookies, I'd be concerned. Now, if they can't get one of those rookies and they say they do lose an A.J. Green that they have with, you know, Boyd as their leading receiver, now I'm a little concerned does Joe Burrow have the supporting cast he needs because the Bengals aren't going to go out and sign any free agents because their owner just absolutely refuses to sign free agents. Again, they really on, rely on the draft, similar to, you know, Dallas has in years past, but Dallas has had some good drafts. So the Bengals just concern me. You know, unless they can start drafting good and return to the Boomer's Ice and Super Bowl days, I'm not too confident. Um, so that's why they're on the list. You know, the Redskins are another team that concerns me. You know, we talked about them when we previewed them. You know, just the Daniel Snyder error has not been good for the Washington Redskins. So if a guy goes to Washington, uh, you know, I'm a little bit concerned. I'm a little more optimistic with Riverboat Ron. I just hope he has the support and ownership really, you know, does let him take control and he can put some good people around him. Maybe the Redskins turn the corner a little bit. Giants, I'm concerned with Dave Gettleman. You know, a little bit of his decisions have been really suspect. You know, will he mesh with this new head coach? I think the Jaguars are in a rebuild. They concern me a bit with direction that they're going in. We talked about their salary cap situation. Everybody they draft, they seem to trade. And the Jets and Adam Gase, the Browns relying on analytics. Those teams right there, I just there's a long track record of like a decade now of just poor decisions. I have two things real quick on those last two teams. The Browns, I'm not concerned because of dysfunction. I'm concerned because you have Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. I don't want to see a wide receiver go there, and I certainly don't want to see a running back go there. Let's say Kareem Hunt comes back and they tender him, and then you have Nick Chubb, obviously. So that's a crowded backfield, crowded wide receiver course. So that's the reason I'm avoiding – I don't want to see a rookie go into that situation. But the New York Jets, we're assuming Robbie Anderson's going to leave. Hopefully that offensive line improves a little bit. I don't mind – a wide receiver that goes to the Jets. I'm a big Sam Darnold fan. I don't know. 
And I guess when I stay going to these teams, it's not that I'm going to shy away from them if they come to me at the right landing spot in a draft. But if it's between a guy that goes to one of these teams versus a guy versus in a better situation, I'm going with a better situation and avoiding that track record nightmare. Well, the one good thing about Adam Gase is he's probably got, what, another season in New York, hopefully, right? They they should fire him after this year, right? Yeah, hopefully two or three games. But yeah, he should be gone after this year. Yeah, I, I can't imagine they would keep him on after another. What I'm assuming is going to be a six and six and ten season. But yeah, I do get your point there because what if he goes eight and eight, and they're like, "Hey, we're the Jets. That's like the Super Bowl, so we're bringing him back again." And he runs off a string of those of just mediocre performance after mediocre performance. He destroyed Sam. He's going to destroy Sam Darnold and then any other offensive weapon that ends up there so i can definitely see the adam gase one because he does scare me and yeah any team that like you said has a sustained history of just making terrible decisions yeah they they do scare me for fantasy but i end up usually disregarding it anyway and hoping that the town's gonna gonna you know get over that and knowing that look it's dynasty hopefully the that coach will be fired before you know this player's rookie contracts up and he, he can ball out the final two or three years of it I think we're all hoping that Gase moves on. Mitch, you have a slightly different situation. And while Dan, he's hooked on his dysfunction, yours isn't so much dysfunction, but maybe a little bit of a crowded situation. Yeah, that's exactly the point. I've seen a lot of people bring up that the Cardinals have room for a rookie wide receiver to come in, unless it's a first round draft pick. If they get CeeDee Lamb, Judy, Ruggs, that'll be a little bit different. But if they end up getting... Tyler Johnson or DuVernay or Michael Pittman, someone like that. I don't see how they see the field. They still have Christian Kirk. Andy and Andy Isabella didn't even see the field at all last year. You got him. You got Keyshawn Johnson. You still got Fitzgerald. There's just no, unless Kyler Murray goes out and throws the ball 700 times next year. There just isn't going to, even if they're on the field, there's not going to be enough opportunity for you to ever want to put them in your lineup. Keyshawn Johnson was on the field for most of the snaps last season. You couldn't start him because he just wouldn't get enough opportunities. And I think that's going to be the exact same thing that happens to any rookie that comes in because they're not going to be playing over Kirk or Fitzgerald in the slot. I just don't see any rookie on the outside being targeted more than what they will in the slot. I am seeing so many mocks from people in the not not fantasy and, you know, related to the NFL that have a wide receiver going to the Cardinals early in the draft. I've seen CD lamb mock to the Cardinals and it just blows my mind because they have so many other holes that need to be filled there, especially that offensive line. I, I don't know. I, I completely agree. I would hate to see a wide receiver go to the Arizona Cardinals. Dan Shane, any thoughts there? I'd be okay with it. I think I want to see them run those four wide receiver sets that we thought we were going to see last year. And I think after he got a look at his wide receiver room, realized, oh, I can't do this. You know, Keyshawn's actually not very good. So I guess I can't really use him the way I want to. Larry Fitzgerald, you know, he's a solid 80-year-old man. Um, Christian Kirk, when he played, he was he was fine. But outside of that, like, what what did you have? Man, throw, oh, throw C.D. Lamon in that offense? Oh, oh my God goodness but yeah i mean they do have so many other holes but for fantasy i i'd be perfectly okay if they want to go six and ten but score you know 600 points next year and put up 500 passing attempts dan to you <laughs> Thank you, Shane. yeah i think it depends who that wide receiver is you know it's tyler johnson we talked about him. we don't really like him if he gets 
someone who's just average, he might get lost in that shuffle. You know, Andy has Isabella. I think he didn't see the field till like maybe the very end. He might have had one game where he did flash. He had a big touchdown, I think, at the end of the season, if my memory serves me right. Um, so, you know, maybe there's a little bit more in the tank for Isabella. Fitzgerald's like Jason Witten. He's just going to take the snaps and you're going to get what you're going to get. Um, but it's only for one more year. Uh, you know, so again, it is dynasty. So if they do get someone with a lot of upside, I do like Michael Pittman, you know that, Mitch. So if it's a Pittman kind of guy, maybe it's a sleeper. So I think they need to invest in a receiver because, again, you're only getting one more year of Fitz. Johnson is shouldn't be in the picture. I just think they, don't, they didn't have anybody else. So I'd probably lean a little more Shane's way as far as I'd be okay with it. But I think you just have to temper your expectations in the short term. All right. So th- that's probably one of the only situations that we've been a little bit divisive here. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'll try to be more divisive. I know, I, don't, I know we don't have a lot of time left, but uh, Mitch's hair is stupid. Sucks. Wait, you, you just said you loved it a few minutes ago. Well, I'm trying to be divisive now, so I'm just doing hot takes now. Dan, you're bald. You're not fooling anyone. <laughs> <laughs> got what I've got, man. See, that's <laughs> why I wear a hat, so I, nobody can I, rip up my hair. <laughs> uh, if I could right, have so- found the hat, I would have worn it. Next time, next time. So Shane, I like your the the situations you've picked out here. And a lot of them, I mean, well, all of them here, they relate to running back and the possibility of a running back by committee. So these are spots that you don't want to see a rookie running back land. Yeah. So Denver, Philadelphia, Buffalo. Um, those are the first three teams that that popped in my head and not in that order specifically. Um, I'm a Miles Sander, uh, Miles Sanders mark. So I, I get very upset anytime the, the words RBC, BBC, whatever, running back by committee are mentioned around him. So I, I'd be real triggered if uh, the Eagles were to go out and say draft uh, AJ Dillon as a two down back. Um, I would be very upset with that. If Buffalo were to, you know, draft for some reason, DeAndre Swift, if Denver drafts any running back within the first four, rounds it's just no no thank you these are teams where you know if they add another running back it's not only hurting the rookie it's hurting the guy that's already there it's pigeonholing them into a role that you know into a two down back at best or you know a situation where they're they're taking turns like they did in denver last year at the beginning of the year it's like oh well this is a royce freeman drive and this is a philip Lindsay drive like no 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 thank you i don't i don't want that not for me thank you i don't want sanders to be limited to the passing catching you know the pass catching back who gets eight carries a game and AJ Dillon's getting 15 carries a game for 45 yards and you're just hoping for a touchdown out of one of them I think him Singletary and I guess Lindsay you know right now they they can have enough of a role where they're they're fantasy viable Sanders could be a running back one I think Singletary could be right outside that and Lindsay could be an RB2 you had a, a another running back on to into those those backfields and I just give up uh, and I die a little bit and uh, LC Dean uh, suck it. No, the Eagles are awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you you talk about those running back situations right there and let's say all three of them land one of these rookie running backs. You lose value for six running backs potentially there and I'm sure all of us somewhere along the line have somebody from those teams rostered on our dynasty team. So Definitely situations we want to see no rookie running backs landing there. Before we sign off, we're going to introduce our first theory throwdown. I love alliteration. I love these cheesy little things. So what I'm going to do, and you guys have not had the luxury of seeing these players. You're all going to have 30 seconds. If you try to go beyond your 30 seconds after I stop you, you will be muted. 
I have that capability here on StreamYard. There's a little shout out to StreamYard. But I'm going to go through two players. I want you to tell me who is going to be more valuable after free agency. Okay. I'm going to flash it up on the screen here. And then, Mitch, we're going to start with you so you can be prepared. Uh, we're going to go Mitch, Dan, uh, Shane for both for both of these. Okay. All right. So, Mitch, ready? Yep. We have Hunter Henry at tight end eight, Austin Hooper at tight end six. After free agency, who has more value? And go. Austin Hooper, just because he doesn't have the injury background that Hunter Henry does. And I think he's actually going to get paid a little bit more and go to. I really think he's going to end up in Green Bay. I think he's going to end up there. Maybe he ends up with the Patriots, and I like either of those spots for him. Okay, Mitch says you can keep your 14 seconds because I'm going to wrap it up quickly. That's right. All right. Dan, Hunter Henry, Austin Hooper, who do you think has more value after free agency? Hunter Henry. I think he's just a better overall tight end, more athletic. He finally stays healthy, and I'm still holding the grudge as Austin Hooper uh, let me down in the Pro Bowl DFS contest, so give me Hunter Henry. So everyone's ceding their time to me. First of all, uh, I just want to say that I clearly forgot about these two when we were talking about the tight end free agency class. These two make a very strong uh, tight end class. I don't know what I was talking about. I am clearly uh, drunk. I don't want to say Austin Hooper, but I will say Austin Hooper. He's actually the more athletic uh, if you're looking at player profile for whatever that's worth. Hunter Henry's injury history is a little scary. I'm going to go with Hooper only because I don't think he's going to get what he deserves on the open market and is going to end up back in Atlanta. And Matt Ryan has already shown an affinity for him. Austin Hooper's shown that he can be the number one option in a, on a week, you know, or the two. Even with Calvin Ridley progressing there, they're still going to be missing running back targets with Devontae Freeman gone. All right, so we're going to go. <laughs> All right, so we have two Hoopers, one Henry. Last one here. Mitch, we're going to start with you. Are you ready? Yep. Who is going to have more value after free agency? Kenyon Drake at running back 28 right now or Kareem Hunt running back 31 currently? Ready? Go. Oh, this is a good soapbox for me. So it's definitely Kenyon Drake because I think they're both good running backs, but I think Kareem Hunt is only in the league because the Browns were the only team that were going to bring him in. I don't think he showed enough last season for any team to give him a big contract. So he's going to go back to the Browns. And I think Drake is actually going to go back to the Cardinals or he's going to get a bigger role somewhere else. So definitely Kenyon Drake. All right, Dan, what are your thoughts here? Kenyon Drake or Kareem Hunt? Who has more value after free agency? I'll stay on the Kenyon Drake train. I'm just anti Kareem Hunt. He'll, you'll never see him on my roster ever. I think he's too much of a risk. I don't think anyone will give him a feature back role anymore. I think there's just he's not a guy you want in your locker room. Just my opinion. And I'll take Kenyon Drake. I think he found a home in Arizona. I think they, he fit their scheme. He flashed. He looked good. They just got to settle that contract. Kenyon Drake here. You guys are making this easy. Shane's the only one pushing the envelope here on time. Shane, over to you. Kareem Hunter, Kenyon Drake. Yeah, I don't want to agree with these guys because you just said that we haven't been divisive enough. But Kenyon Drake's, you know, out of the two, he's the only one that's going to get signed somewhere to be a starting running back. You know, Kareem Hunt, like Dan or Mitch said, I don't know. I was looking off yonder. Hunt's not going to get signed for that. Um, No one's going to because it's not just the money. You're going to have to give up a draft pick compensation with the you know, whatever tender. And, and that's the problem. If he was a restri- unrestricted free agent, I would take Hunt because he's a much better player than Kenyon Drake, but uh, I gotta go Drake. All right. So we have three Drakes. I would also <laughs> be on Drake. And then for the tight ends, I would be on Hooper. Shane, again, 
we had an absolute, at least I had an absolute blast. I'm sure Mitch did. I don't know about Dan, you know, the Philadelphia-Dallas rivalry. I'm sure he'll be nice, though. But he's got a Rocky banner in the background. He's got, like, all types of Rocky stuff going on. It's very, Listen, you're going to learn he's with He's a Dan. huge Philly fan. You, he loves the Phillies, too. He, well, then we can bond over that. <laughs> he is a bandwagon fan, because I, I think he likes the Yankees. He likes what? the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah, I don't like the Yankees. Lakers. You, you like the Georgia Lakers? Bulldogs a bandwagon. No one, no one likes Georgia. I've liked them since Herschel Walker. Lakers, you got me. Duke, you got me. But no bandwagon. I like the Cowboys since Tony Dorsett. Shane and I are around the same age, so he, he should know who Dorsett is. You may not, Mitch. I'm not sure. No. no. no Mitch is Mitch is a handsome guy. I got to tell you. I, I take back. I appreciate it. I trash in his hair because he's got really wonderful hair. And I'm, I'm very jealous. I'm not going to lie to you. Shane, he's a married man. He's over there. Nah, look, whatever. He said he's available. So, I, I you know, take that for what, what you will. Options. Got to have options. But but again, Shane, thank you so much. We, we always try to keep these episodes short. But again, I look at the clock. We're about 80 minutes in here. Time really does fly here on Dynasty Theory. Shane, what do you want to let our listeners know? What are you working on? What do you, you know, I know you have the pod. I know you're doing fantasy I, pros. Any yeah, other I, things that you want to let the listeners know? Man, I'm pretty, um, like I said, I'm pretty much low-key now. Really, the only thing I got going is the podcast, Dynasty Trades HQ, with uh, my guys, Michael Sipes and Jeremy Brown. That That's kind of our baby. Um, if three men could have a baby, it'd be like three men and a baby. Um, that would be it. And uh, nothing else, really. It's, it's kind of nice. Uh, I got nothing going on. Really, I just my podcast. So just you know, if you don't subscribe, go subscribe. Hey, become a patron, like I yelled at everyone. I, I appreciate you guys having me on. I had a good time too, man. This is a uh, this is really fun. I really like that Dynasty Throwdown. Wasn't expecting it. I like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that every week and kind of root for the underdog um, and more divisiveness. So you gotta you definitely gotta like really get players where like where their ADP is like right next to each other and really have guys yelling at each other. Like I want to see Mitch and Dan. It's just like yelling and like spit coming out of their mouths. Um, so I, I really went off on a tangent there. So yeah, listen to Dynasty Trades HQ. At some point, I might get back into writing more often. And if I do, yeah, read that. If I don't, whatever. Listen to the podcast. And again, if you've been living under a rock, Shane, you're a fantastic follow on Twitter. You're always very interactive. Thank you all for tuning in and joining us for another episode of Dynasty Theory. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Have a great night.